life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Hey, you're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. This is your host, John Reed. I just want to hop in real quick and let you know this is a preview episode for one of our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Uh, We just did this one a little while back, just released it uh, in mid-March, and this is our top three songs of 1990 and top three songs of 1991. So if you are not a Patreon subscriber, uh, the only way to get the full episode of this one is to subscribe to us on Patreon at any level. You get access to these special monthly exclusive episodes that we do Um, at different levels. There are other benefits that go along with that, like maybe joining us for a show or picking a movie for us to talk about. Um, So go check that out on our website, 30podcast.com. And if you want to join us as a co-executive producer, we would love to have you. But any level of support on Patreon gets you access to these episodes. So hope you enjoy this quick little preview. And if you want to join us again, 30podcast.com. All right. Here it is. All right. Well, so I don't think we, and and I think we talked about this ahead of time. We each kind of did that a little bit differently. Like for mine, I kind of looked at it. I was like, all right, well, these would be the three if it was nine-year-old me listing off what I was enjoying in 1990 or what I was listening to in 1990. But looking at the list, I think the route I ended up taking was, let me do kind of a mixture of that. Like Mm -hmm. for, I think for 1990, let me look at my list real fast. For 1990, I think it's mostly... My top three that I picked are mostly ones that I was also listening to at the time. But 91, I looked at all those songs and I was like, yeah, I wasn't listening to these at the time. But I really like as soon as I heard these songs, these became favorites. So I kind of like I I almost kind of split the two. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, as we get into how music spreads, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was actually just talking about this in class and and. we were talking about music from the 1930s and how radio was really responsible for spreading music. And that was like revolutionary and, you know, and, and helping to spread things and maybe not revolutionary. That's a, kind of a strong word, but I mean, it was pretty groundbreaking for spreading things. And I mean, now things are so instantaneous, you know, like someone puts an Instagram on tic-tac-toe and everybody knows about it, you know? And it's uh, when you're talking 30 years ago, I mean, things could spread, but you still had to go word of mouth, right? Like, I mean, I remember hanging out, um, you know, you hanging out in college dorm rooms or hanging out with friends. And it was like, dude, you've got to hear this album. Let me loan it to you. Or let me make you a tape. You can get, you know, like that's how stuff spread. And yeah, I get nostalgic for, you know, the way that things used to spread, but you know, like it takes a while. So if something came out in 91, you might not get hip to it until someone like uh, says, you got to check this out. And then it's like, oh my gosh, what is that? Oh, it's this. Oh, okay. And then 
you know, you can't just go surf it, you know, search it up on YouTube. You actually have to get the money together to go buy the album or find it, you know, and anyways, it's just, I I think, uh, not within the purview of this podcast, obviously, but I mean, you know, like that's a cool discussion as to how the music spreads, um, you know, and just the different ways that people, you know, pay attention to those things and pick up on those things. And I will say the funny thing about that is the songs. If I look at the songs, if I, the answer I just gave you, whereas like if it was nine year old me, it would have been mm-hmm. uh, tone Loke, MC hammer and vanilla ice or Billy Joel or something like that. Um, the funny thing about those is I want to say MC hammer and tone Loke. I did not get those from friends in school. Mm-hmm. I actually got them from my dad. Oh, cool. Because, yeah. I mean, he, he just, he had a, a very eclectic taste in music. Like, he'd find stuff, and if he thought it was funny, you know, he'd, he'd go get the album, or he'd go get the single on cassette or something like that. So I remember, like, the a Tone Loke Wild Thing song. That was, my dad had the cassette single of that. And, cool. like, I, I think about my dad, and, like, he's, when I think of him, I think of, like, you know, classic rock and Beatles and, and stuff like that, Leonard Skinner, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and here he is introducing his son to Tone Loke. Yeah. yeah okay that's cool yeah yeah it's fun but yeah you're right like you 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 know you you know we really do kind of pick up what our parents listen to i mean i know exactly what my mom listened to listened you know and all that i remember car trips like my dad had his certain stuff that he would listen to and it's like ingrained Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so all right well and i think we um and i i don't think i did well no i I take that back because I did my, uh, not that you're going to be able to necessarily see it here, but I did my crazy charts that I do where I rank everything nice. and I and I take this way too seriously. Um, so I do actually have mine ranked and I, but I know you guys said that you don't, yours are not in any particular order necessarily. So, so what I was thinking is why don't we just kind of go, we'll kind of go one at a time and we'll list mm-hmm. one of our songs and um, I'm probably going to start with my, I'll start with my number three song. Um, and so you guys, you, you do whatever you want with it and we'll just kind of go one at a time. We'll do 1990 first until okay. we've done our top three and then we'll, we'll do some, uh, maybe some honorable mentions for 90 and then we'll switch over to 91 and then we'll do our top three and then we'll do some honorable mentions for 91. So, and, and are we, uh, are we, do we have enough, do we have enough time? Could we say, we say a little bit about the tune, why it's oh, momentous yeah. for us, Could, you know, a little time for story or anything in there? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to play when you mention your song, I'm probably going to play about like 30 seconds of it or so. All right. Uh, and then feel free to talk a little bit about it, like why you like it when you first listen to it, you know, whatever you, whatever you feel like sharing about it. Um, now I will say, Bo, I did notice that I think one of your songs for 1990 was one of my songs for 1990. So because it's already covered, I might just mention it and then pick a different one for myself. Okay, let me look and see if I had any 90 runners up. I I did. Yeah, if we overlap, that's fine. 90 was a weird year for me. 91 was was harder slash easier. That was, well, see, that was the thing too. Let me start off with that question before we get into the songs. Um, was one year easier than the other? Ooh. You know, for me, it was, for me, it was easier to find more songs that I had to sift through in 91. Agreed. Um, but yes. 90, but 90, I was like, nope, it's pretty much those three. Like I know which three. Yeah, it, it kind of worked out that way for me too. It okay. was weird that way. But 91, I actually had to think about it. And I'd be like, oh, man, but there's like eight different songs. And how do I narrow these down? And 90 was, nope, those are the top three. 
All right. They're both, they're both little, yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah. I don't know where Bo's coming from this. I think me and Pat and I, we are coming as we pick these. And so we don't have to keep saying it over again. But I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, but we're, I think we're coming from the point of what were we listening to in that year? What was meaningful songs to us in that year? Whatever it might be, whether they're popular or not. That's kind of where I'm going. What was I listening to as a, a 19 and 20 year old? I don't know if that was past thing. John, you're going as looking back, looking mm. at all the music, which you might've then heard later and happened to be released in 90 or 91, even though you might've picked it up in 94, 95, 96, 97, whatever, or today. You know? Yeah. 90 for me, the, my 90 songs are pretty much ones that I listened to in 90, but I've also kind of, I've, I've mixed it a little bit. Like I think Bo, you and I also have another 1990 song that we both had on our list. But I, I, well, because you had that one, I actually had switched and I had, before I knew you had that one, I had switched and I had done another song of that person's that I like now as an adult, even though I liked this other one better as a kid. I'm pulling an honorable mention right now that I can use when we get there. Okay. What we we found out was that we were the originals and that there was some other blokes that were had a band and they were the originals. So then we became the new originals, but that became confusing for everybody. So that's when we became the Thamesman. Mm. (laughs) You, you can't, you can't dust for vomit. Oh. All right. I have uploaded new file now. There you go. Um, All right. Yeah, it, it was yeah. an interesting one. I went with the songs I'm pretty sure I listened to then. I still would listen to now. And part of my picking order was if it came on tomorrow on the radio, would I turn it up? I was. I used that as like a. Oh. I have these six songs, but I need to pick three. Would I still turn the radio up today if it came on? And that, that's sort of how I cleaned up some of the list. The list okay. got long at one point. We just say. Okay. All right. Well, Bo, do you want to start us off? Sure. Sure. So let's see. Um, not knowing which one we, we doubled up on, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start with Tom Petty Free Fallen. Yeah. Um, nice. I've always loved this song. Um, let me pop this one up for us. We'll play a few, play a little bit of it. I'm a bad boy because I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. Oh, why do you love that song? Um, just, it, it has a great feel to it. Like, opening riff is one of those songs, you hear it and you're like, okay, you know the song. Like, in a name that tune, it's it's just great. You know what's coming. Um, I think it brings back good memories of high school, even though when it came out in 90, we weren't quite there yet. Um, that was, uh, my uncles turned me on to this one. And I think... Um, I had an uncle who was only, well, I'm only 10 or 12 years older than I was. Um, my mom's from a big family. So, um, I, I, 
it, we were introduced to a lot of music through him. And so just it brings back good memories from, from high school, from, from family stuff. And I'm a huge Tom Petty fan too. So this is sort of more of a, this is the song from 90 that I, is my favorite, but it was a great way for me to pick Tom Petty because this, this whole catalog is memories and, and, and just amazing. And, and I, I'll never forget a quote of his that I heard once. Uh, it says, uh, you know, I don't really sing on my records. I just talk pretty. <laughs> it's always something that stuck with me. I don't know. It, um, he's always been a, a favorite of mine. So yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, Pat, what about you? Well, I'm going to say the first one in 1990 um, uh, is from uh, the movie Memphis Bell, and it's Harry Connick singing Danny Boy. Oh. And the the funny thing about this, and I'll tell you a little bit of history why I got into it, uh, but the funny thing about this, this song was never released on an album. The soundtrack doesn't have it. He has sung Danny Boy on subsequent albums, or it's it's done within the movie. He has recorded it, and it's fantastic, but it's not this version. And this was so meaningful to me because... You know, I've said this before. I grew up listening to big band swing music. I, my grandmother played it for me and I fell in love. I mean, I love the big band swing sound. Like that was what I listened to growing up from a very, very young age. I mean, easily seven, eight years old on up. And so when Memphis Bell came out, this movie was history about the Second World War and it had big band music in it. And it was like, I mean, that just blew my mind. And the soundtrack has a special place in my heart because it was not only one of my first CDs, but it was also um, my first movie soundtrack that I picked up. And I don't want to throw shade at it, but I remember getting it and thinking, I can't wait to hear Harry Connick sing. And it wasn't on the soundtrack. And that was back before you could go to YouTube and pull the clip up or, you know, rent the movie and watch it a million and one times. So I had to sit there at, you know, however old I was when Memphis Bell came out and just remember it, like think back and like play it in my head uh, because it just sounds so amazing uh, what Harry Connick uh, did with this tune. And I mean, Harry Connick, to say a fantastic singer, a fantastic musician, I mean, that's an understatement. There are no more superlatives for him. I mean, he's amazing. And what he does with this song is is truly amazing. So... Well, it looks like I ain't gonna get out of it this time, so here goes. Hey, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes. No, get back here. You're not getting out of this. From glen to glen and down the mountainside. The summer's gone and all the roses. It's you, it's you must go, and I must buy. But when he bends, when summer's in the meadow, or when the valley's hushed and white with snow, it's I'll be here in sunshine or in shadow. Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy, I love you so.
I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about it, but I mean, it is just, I mean, I love big man swing music, but I mean, just listening to Harry Connick sing and phrase that and he, it swings so hard and the way he's able to, you know, pull back on some phrases and go ahead, just play with the, the beat and the, the feel of the tune. It's just, I mean, it's just, I, I can't, you know, I'm thinking of all these crazy ways to describe it. It's like, you know, like audio gold. It's, it's just, it's, it's nourishment for your ear, for your soul. It's just amazing, amazing song. And uh, yeah, and it has not been released, but I, I mean, I just, I love that. I could listen to it a million and one times. So yeah, he, and I will say on the album, Come By Me, which came out later, he did record Danny boy. And it's not that version. It's, it sounds like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, that, that, that version is very special to me. So. Nice. Nice. All right, Dennis, what have you got? You're on mute, Dennis. Yeah, you have them all queued up for me, right? So whatever I say, you're going to be able to play. Correct? Yep. Did I send them to you, right? Okay, good. Uh, let's go with The uh, the Rivers of Belief by Enigma. I just want to make sure you get some of the quotes. So anyway, so Enigma was the band and it's, or the, the musical project, not even a band. It was by a uh, German, um, um, gr Greek, uh, Michael Kretu. And he created this, it was the first debut album. The more popular song on that is sadness. It's that sadness song that was there. And there's like a lady whispering and it had that kind of flute. That's why I want to get to that flute part. So you kind of, probably to put the beat and that's like a three arch type of thing that this one finishes or whatever. But it was like one of those albums that was, Again, you know, you guys were much younger when you were listening to 1991. For me, 1991 was a very introspective year. You know, you're at 1920, get out of college. Um, I was getting more and more into meditation. Um, and that was kind of like this trance type music when you heard it. And I know that was the big popular song, Sadness. But when I got the album, I was more blown away by the album than the single. So the single for Sadness is what got me to the album. But the actual album and, and the songs and lyrics and throwing in like kind of old samples from different things. There's like stuff from Bach in there. And then it's mixed with these kind of, you know, really trance type of beats and stuff. You can really kind of zone out and just have this kind of meditative uh, session and state. So for me, that was just a big change in, in type of some of the music that I listened to. I kind of opened myself up to more of trance type of stuff and included it into my, my repertoire of, or my, my emotional toolkit is what I would say. So for me, that was, that was a big, you know, it's people weren't listening to that type of stuff all the time. And then that became a hit and it became a little bit some more socially accepted. Um, so it was just a good, and it wasn't because of that. It was more, like I said, the album versus sadness. That's why I didn't pick the sadness song. I picked that one because it was 
the end of the album and i remember going to sleep to that thing a lot too so yeah yeah if you have you ever heard um the uh, let's see from barcelona called b tribe uh no no okay it's got a really Some similar up. sound to it like when that's right okay. because i've heard enigma but um I, my dad used to listen to i don't know, I remember where he found it i think when we were living in england um he found it in one of the music stores somewhere and he, you know he i've mentioned this before he would just randomly pick stuff up he's like oh the cover looks good it's from spain okay. all right cool i'll listen to this and uh he would listen to that a lot it's got it's got kind of that same it's got a little bit of that flute to it it's got a similar sound to it and so i remember that we you know he'd be playing that stuff non-stop but very similar sound to, to this one yeah i see it on there beat track from barcelona yeah. yeah it looks like yeah Barcelona. Yeah, ninety three. The, they came out. So yeah. this debut, this was the, the this was it. This was the opening album for Enigma ninety, and then they went on. I just couldn't wait to get the next albums and and their interesting visuals and their their stuff. And then they had the the one Sandra was her name who had like kind of that whispery that voice that you're just like, man, I got to meet this girl. <laughs> <laughs> that helped too. But yeah, yeah, it was just excellent. Uh, and I still look forward to Enigma albums and songs and. and I think I've got, I, it was the CDs I would rush out to buy. So it became another one of my, my groups. Well, cause you, and you were 19 at the time. You were 19 at the time. So a, a female, yeah, a female artist is going to make a difference to you. I was nine. They still had cooties. <laughs> yep. And, and I will say part of that voiceover, not, not to make fun of your song, but part of that voiceover when they started talking, I, I wanted to start going, I want to start going in ancient times, hundreds of years yes. before the dawn of history, lived a strange race of people, the Druids. Yeah. No one knows who they were <laughs> or what they were doing. <laughs> we actually, we used to play that, um, during our, uh, during our meditation, you, we, we included that one time and this is back with, with Brian Rude we kind of incorporated this into our classes over at Hawthorne. And, and I remember playing that song is like 10 years later now. And it was like 2000, 2001, probably. And we tried to, we tried like relaxing music for kids. They're in the multi-purpose lights are off. And it was really cool because kids had a lot of interesting experiences and they would write in a journal after, and it brought up, you know, some emotional stuff, some almost, almost even post traumatic stuff and breakthroughs and it was really almost like a cool therapy session i remember putting that one on and it was like you know initially get a little bit of chuckles and then man kids were just like there were kids who were kind of blown away by it and then when it got to that part part where he starts reading that's where it's silent and all of a sudden you hear a little <laughs> you know on some classes but mm -hmm. overall it was it was it was still still received pretty well i was always like right. crossing my fingers are they gonna like think no or start tapping their foot or what are they gonna do and you know kids actually responded pretty well for it back then but we used it nice nice i forgot where that quote is too i'll have to find out where it is in the lamb you know the seventh seal okay all right. Well, mine for this one, um, I was, as I've said before, I was like nine years old at this point. So anytime you give me some kind of power ballad, I'm going to be really happy with it. And I think this was probably on the radio nonstop. Um, you know, if we watch the Grammys the next year, I'm sure this was on here. I obviously had not seen the movie that this went along with, but uh, my number three for my top three of 90 would be Blaze of Glory.
is my weary head I've got an old coat for a pillow And the earth was last night's bed I don't know where I'm going Only God knows where I've been I'm a devil on the run A six-gun lover A gamble in the wind Yeah, nothing introspective about that one. I was just, I was nine years old. I was going down in the blaze of glory. No, that's, I, when I was looking at this list, I, I was kind of going through and, you know, that was one of the ones that I was like, okay, what do I still like now that I know I was listening to at the time? And, and I, I don't even know, gosh, how many times I probably must have seen the music video on MTV because back when MTV still showed music videos. Um, yeah. No, I always love this song. Like from the moment I saw it on MTV, I think we watched him perform it on the Grammys in early 91. Um, yeah, just good old, good old power ballad. All right, uh, Bo, we're back to you. What you got next? Okay. Song is still playing for us. Oh, is it still going? Let me stop that then. I don't know if it's still playing on your final recording, but it was still playing, still playing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was still playing during your, uh, when you were talking. So I don't know. I heard kind of what you were saying. So I don't know if you want to reiterate or oh, sum okay. up what you're Okay. No, all I was saying was I just, I, I enjoy a good power ballad. So that's nothing, nothing deep or introspective about that one. Just remember watching <laughs> it on MTV back when they used to show music videos and, um, you know, seeing it on the Grammys probably early the next year and just fun. This is good stuff. Once again, thanks for joining us on this special preview episode. Again, 30podcast.com. Uh, check out where you can, on our website, where you can find uh, ways to join us on Patreon or just check out the other episodes if you have not subscribed to us yet. Um, we're a lot of fun. Well, well, we think we're a lot of fun, but I think you're going to think we're a lot of fun too. So, um, yes, if you want to join us on our website, 30podcast.com. Um, but thank you all so much. Uh, thank you to our Patreon co-executive producers who have supported us. And uh, everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and listen to some good music.